Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Greetings, friends, and all those out there on my command deck. This is Mike the Birdman Dodd, and you are listening to Future Imperfect. And I'm joined by my competent comm officer, my second in command, my very own XO... Steve Megatron Phillips. So yes, guys, I have returned from the Bajoran wormhole. I'm back from my away mission, and I gotta say, subspace is looking clear, and all sensors report nothing out of the ordinary. Space dust is the only thing showing up on sensors right now. So yes, guys, we are back here for this week in Geek.net's Future Imperfect, brought to you by SFI.org, Starfleet, the world's largest Star Trek online fan club, as well as GamerGrub. Dot com and GameAccess.ca. All these wonderful people help make This Week in Geek and Future Imperfect possible for all of you. Now, one small announcement off the top of the show. Unfortunately, uh, the replicator is still down at this time, as I don't have new supplies from ThinkGeek to provide you with your latest Star Trek fix, but stuff is in the mail. We should hopefully have that by next show, which I think you guys will be of particular interest. I'm not going to tell you what, what it is just yet, but in this show, we're going to be talking about the future and weapons and war and basically the f- conflict in Star Trek as it's been presented on TV, the Apocrypha, and just how the face of combat has changed in the Star Trek universe. I mean, it's interesting from transphasic torpedoes and all that stuff we're going to talk about when we hit the L cars uh, section of our show to, you know, basically the war against the Borg, the Dominion, the Maquis, and even stuff like the the eugenics war and uh, even touching on why that affected the Klingons a little bit later on which I didn't know until earlier this evening, which I find tremendously interesting. Um, So, Steve, you've been taking the show. Last show you worked with uh, Leo, a.k.a. that sci-fi guy. What was that experience like for you? Um, That was... uh, uh, Once we kind of got into it a little bit, it got uh, more uh, easier to get through uh, just because... um, Well, I... uh, Basically, Wasn't, once you found your kind of groove, right? Yeah, more so that. I it, Initially, it was like, okay, uh, what the hell? And then, so after that, I we were doing pretty well and got into a free-flowing uh, conversation on it. But uh, I, I feel overall it, it went pretty well. Good to hear, good to hear. I mean, I'm really glad that Leo is a friend of the show because he does do a lot of awesome work over on thatguyoftheglasses.com. Check his stuff out. He's under that sci-fi guy. Some of the best people on there, I think, him and his team. So, guys, um, let me see. Where are we going to go? Well, 
uh, I guess kind of talking about where the show is going to be going in the next little bit. I know we've been taking it's a you're getting usually at least two episodes a month. Uh, and I do apologize for the fact that we have been spacing them out a little bit more. But now that the summer season's coming up and I should hopefully get my PlayStation back so I can watch more Star Trek, my PlayStation died uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm waiting for Sony to send it back. We should have it back tomorrow, I think. So hopefully I'll get back to watching DS9, powering through that, and eventually getting to Enterprise, which the more I read about it, the more I'm interested, to be honest with you, which is something surprising because I don't know why that series got such a bad rap. Um, I think it had more sort of do with the fact that, um, uh, one, it came after all the other ones and was a prequel to the original series, and also because it um, happened to, um, for me anyway, it kind of alienated me uh, with the the franchise, Um, not only because Quantum Leap was the captain of the Enterprise, um, but because they kind of screwed up some of the Star Trek lore of um, they never encountered you know, uh, up close the Klingons or the the Romulans and, uh, you know, the Borg appear and, um, you know, which was kind of uh, done later on in the franchise and then kind of, you know, that's how they ended up in the past. But um, so, I mean, I I think that more so is what kind of killed it for me. Although um, after talking with the guy's last episode, uh, that, that has piqued my interest enough to actually... Um, start to sit down and watch the show. Yeah, because I've heard that basically they've screwed up the timeline so bad that Enterprise exists in a quasi-new universe. So I guess it kind of got people ready, at least in my mind, that the new Abrams universe has kind of taken things off into its own direction. And with principal photography wrapping up on that, there is talk of a new Star Trek series, which is what we're going to talk about on the next show. Basically, the future of Trek... Um, why isn't this on television now? Because now would be a great time for it, considering there aren't a lot of big sci-fi series left, Fringe being the only one I can think of right now, because it's the only one that got picked up by Fox for next year. So who knows? Maybe we'll be uh, leaving Planitia Utopia eventually sometime in the near future. But guys, we have rambled on for enough. Also, uh, in the show, we're actually gonna we're going to have an interview. And actually, I guess we'll, I don't know, Steve, do we want to go to Elkars first and then go to our interview? Yeah, we can do that. All right, then. So we're going to throw things over to our computer. And this is Cars, which ties into our topic this week of war and conflict in Star Trek. This is the Cars Computer Network. This computer terminal provides full access to the Cars Computer Net. It can be operated both by voice and keypad commands. Initiating update. Hello and welcome to another edition of Elkars. I'm your host, Steve Megatron Phillips, and in this particular episode, uh, we're covering the war and weapons of Trek. So it's only fitting that we talk about one of the most used weapons of Trek, being the torpedo. Now, altogether, there are 12 different kinds of torpedoes, and they all range... In, in different use by alien cultures and whatnot, um, uh, whether it be antimatter, chronotron, gravimetric, photonic, plasma, pulse wave, series 5, spatial, stratospheric. But I'm not covering any of those that I just listed. Uh, the only three, in, in my opinion, that uh, need due coverage are the photon torpedo, the quantum torpedo, and the transphasic torpedo. 
Now, the photon torpedoes are the most commonly used uh, torpedo through all of the Star Trek series, with the exception of Enterprise. Uh, they were warp-capable tactical matter, antimatter weapons commonly deployed aboard starships and starbases by various organizations. The photon torpedoes are often abbreviated as photons, were used mostly up until the point of 2371 in this is getting into the creation of the quantum torpedo. The quantum torpedo contained a plasma warhead, uh, as it was described in DS9. Uh, it is also a tactical quantum weapon that utilized a plasma warhead deployed aboard starships. The quantum torpedoes were used by several galactic powers including the United Federation of Planets, the Cardassian Union, and in the Mirror Universe, the Terran Rebellion. There is a difference between the two, however. The photon torpedoes come out in an orangey tint uh, when they are fired, whereas the quantum torpedoes come out in a blue. Not jumping into too much detail in this Elkars, I'm going to jump into the transphasic torpedo. Now what is that you ask? Well, you wouldn't know what that is unless you watched the last episode or uh, Voyager Endgame. When Admiral Catherine Janeway of an alternate timeline brings this uh, Borg-destroying technology back into the past to help the actual prime timeline of Voyager, uh, she basically goes back in time through a temporal rift, not jumping into too much detail, and she brings this special torpedo, which the Borg have yet to adapt to. Um, so it, in essence, causes the Borg's transwarp network to collapse upon itself. So this is a highly destructive torpedo. With one shot, they took down the entire Borg network. So between the three, I would say those are the most prominently and strongest torpedoes out of all of them. And... I would, I would have to say that still my favorite would be the Quantum Torpedo, but that's just because I love the name. Transphasic sounds cool as well, but it's... It, I don't know. It's it, it was so barely touched upon, it's, it's hard to talk about it. Uh, but the, the definition of the Transphasic Torpedo, in any case, was an advanced type of torpedo weapon of an unprecedented destructive potential used by Starfleet. These torpedoes could be launched from standard starship-mounted torpedo launchers, and a single torpedo was capable of destroying a Borg cube. This weapon technology was acquired, as I said before, in the USS Voyager from Admiral Catherine Janeway from the alternate timeline, and to date, there's only a few starships that actually carry this as, or did carry this, as a last resort. I think that about does it here on Elkar, so stay tuned till next time for another interesting fact. Now, back to the show. Please confirm deactivation request. Deactivation complete. Now disconnected from this terminal. And we're back with Future Imperfect. Uh, yeah, so that that was the, the general rundown of the uh, histories 